We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pack a Day podcast. I am Jason Perone, along with my every other Saturday co-host, Paul Brettel. Mr. Brettel, you folks out there cannot see him, but you'll be very proud to know those of you who are Brewers fans. He has probably one of the coolest, and I'm serious, actually, he's <laughs> probably one of the coolest Brewers jackets on that I've ever seen. Thank you. I've had it for a few years, and I'm actually happy that they're... It's a little remodeled, but I'm happy that they're going back to the old ball and glove logo moving forward permanently. So yeah. One of the best logos in all of sports, in my opinion. There was a very strange Twitter post today that had a picture of all... Is it 32 teams in the Major League Baseball 2, or is it 30? 30. All 30 logos that were the opposite... Of I what they saw that. <laughs> I didn't understand. So, like for example, my team, the Diamondbacks, it said the shovels. How yeah, does that get, work? I didn't get it. I didn't get the Brewers one either. It, it was a take on the ball and glove logo, but it looked like an M and a T. So the opposite of a Brewer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was very strange. Anyway, so. Um, we are here to talk about Packers and Bears. It's Bears week. One more day until game day. This is the 200th time these teams are going to play each other. 
once again, the Packers find themselves in a wonderful situation in terms of health, which is what we are going to talk about, Paul, the injury report. What is this, like the third show in a row where I feel like we've had to kind of manufacture some content because the Packers, once again, are very healthy coming into this game? Yeah, I think it is the third one in a row, and like we talked about before, it's a heck of a problem to for us to have and one that I'm happy that we have. Uh, especially with just kind of how the last few years have went with some key injuries taking place. Yeah, last time we connected, it was just before the Giants game. Mm -hmm. And here we are, Bears week. So I'll just look this up real quickly because for the longest time, I've been a fan of the Packers since the mid-'80s. And so for as long as I could remember, the Bears owned the series. But Mm -hmm. Brett Favre came along in 1992, and a lot of that started to change. In fact, the Packers won 10 straight between 1994 and 1998, I think it wasn't until 1999 did they did they lose a game to the Bears. So they had a, they had a nice little four game win streak going on there. But the Packers lead the all time series 98, 95, and six. So they're three games over 500, and that's just incredible to me. Especially when, like I said, as long as I have been a fan of the team, uh, to to see them overcome that, and it's taken you know it's taken the team. 200 years to rack up that many games. It's, I mean, that just kind of puts it into perspective, like how long these teams have been playing each other. Yeah, absolutely. And I was saying earlier, there's when you think about Sunday's game, it's the Packers versus the Bears, the 200th meeting at Lambeau Field in December, while both teams still have their playoff hopes, obviously, alive and well for the Packers more so than the Bears. But from a football standpoint, it doesn't get much better than that, especially just with the history of the game and this rivalry. Yeah, I don't remember what the situation was in 2016. Uh, The Packers had just come off that huge shellacking of the Seahawks at Lambeau Field. They went to Soldier Field. Were the Bears still in it at that point? I don't. I don't, have that I don't think they head. were. I don't think they were. I mean, it was a close game. Jordy had a big catch deep, and then Crosby hits a walk off or a late field goal to, to help the Packers win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if the Bears were still in contention. So I mean, when I when I think back, like fourteen was just a Packers bloodbath. Uh, Twenty fifteen, the Bears actually beat the Packers at Lambeau Field on Thanksgiving. But I don't think the Bears were in contention because it came down to the Packers and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to go back to that 2013 game where they played for the division in Week 17 when Aaron Rodgers finally returned from his first broken collarbone. Yeah, and what a what a ending to that game it was. And I got a feeling Sunday is going to be another one of those typical hard-fought Packers-Bears defensive battles. So it's going to be exciting. Right. Well, fortunately for the Packers' defense, it's Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback for the Bears. So... They might get a uh, – I probably shouldn't make too many jokes about that. Mitch Trubisky's actually not playing too badly over these last few games. Uh, the Bears did get a win over the Dallas Cowboys. I think they've won three straight, right? Or is it just two? Nope, it's three in a row over the Giants, uh, Lions, and Dallas. Ah, there you go. A really murderous row of yeah. of teams that they've taken down. So now they're coming on the road, and they're coming to Lambeau Field. And once again, like I said at the beginning of the show, the Packers are really healthy again this week. So Friday's always interesting because Wednesday I start paying attention. Okay, it's the first day of practice. All right, who didn't practice? And a lot of these guys get veteran rest. So Mercedes Lewis... Brian Balaga, Tremont Williams, there might be a couple of others. They usually get veterans rest days. That we know about. It's then Thursday, okay, who who didn't practice two days in a row? Because that really tells me that there could be something going on. And then by Friday, obviously, that's the telltale. 
So we get to Friday, and the, the injury report comes out. Once again, there's quite a few names listed for the Packers, but the only two that are listed as questionable are Jimmy Graham with a wrist and a groin, which are two separate injuries, and Kevin King still nursing his uh, injured shoulder. He did not play last week against Washington, but from everything that Matt LaFleur said on Friday, it sounds like Kevin King is set to go. Um, I do want to note that Devontae Adams was back on the injury report listed with his turf toe, but he is uh, not listed as questionable, and he will play on Sunday, but he was back on the injured list. So, Paul, here we are once again. I mean, we've got three games left, and the entire roster is available to this team. I mean, this this is this we are. I mean, we joke about it. and We say, okay, you know, I almost we almost sound like the announcers last week with uh, Tyler Irvin returning punts every time he returned a punt. Like that's the longest the punt return of the year. That's something. Like, this is the longest that they've ever gone without an injury. I mean, I'm 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 just I'm I'm out of wood to knock on. This is an incredible thing. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know. It's like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure some of it has to do. I know in the during the summer, especially when he took over, Matt Lafleur emphasized, you know, how he was going to use the practice schedule and, uh, you know, giving these guys time to get healthy and make sure they're staying as healthy as possible. But like you said, some of it too is just just luck. You know, sometimes you're going to have years as we've seen where you run into more injuries uh, than you do in others. I mean, last year the Bears were really really healthy. This year they've had some key injuries hit them. So a lot of it's just kind of dumb luck as well. So there you go. And what happened last year? I mean, where were the Bears sitting this time last year? Where were the Packers? You know, so the Bears, when you're healthy, that benefits you, and it's no surprise. Part of the reason why this team's won 10 games, the Packers, 10-3, and are because they've been really healthy. And I, and that's you know and I look I look at Jimmy Graham and you look at a game like this and you you know you can't sleep on the Bears I don't think anybody is you know maybe a month ago we might have been like oh that's going to be an easier one down the stretch we have to worry more about the Minnesota game well the Bears have rattled out three straight wins and you look at a game like this and you might say okay well can they afford to maybe let Jimmy Graham rest a little bit for the playoff run maybe hold him out well Jimmy Graham had the only touchdown catch of the entire game when they played the first time in Week One. And he's still a preferred target for Aaron Rodgers. He's still out there getting snaps over Jay Sternberger and Robert Tanyan. And Mercedes Lewis is starting to get more in the passing game. But, uh, you know, Graham, is a, is a if, if he can't go or he doesn't play on Sunday, I think that could end up being pretty significant when you look at a, a game that's going to be lower scoring, very physical. You know, the Bears still have a pretty good defense. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, because to me, Graham seems like the only one that's at, at risk of not being able to play because he's hurt. Yeah, and it gets a little tougher to diagnose where the players actually are since they got rid of that probable designation. So even though he's listed at questionable, he could be more 95% rather than you know 50-50 like we think of it. But along the injury lines with the Bears not having Roquan Smith, um, you know that's going to leave a little bit bigger void in the middle of the field where Jimmy Graham could get some targets. And as we've seen this year, whether fans like it or not, with his ups and downs, he is a favorite target of Aaron Rodgers. So I would expect him to get a number of looks this week. Yeah, I would think so too, because Jay Sternberger has not gotten those quite yet. I think he had uh, one target in the end zone against Washington last week. It would have been a nice touchdown catch, but that's been a really slow roll in getting 87 worked into the offense. Now he's looked good. In his pass blocking, he knows the formations and where to be. So I think Sternberger is going to be a kind of a you know maybe a hidden gem that they find during the playoffs this season. But next season, like I said, I think he's my breakout guy. I think he's the guy. I'm like next year, I expect big things 
out of him in the passing game. Robert Tanyan had a nice touchdown catch against Washington last week. Mercedes Lewis has been catching more balls. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about that middle of the Bears defense, and we can go ahead and move over to the Bears side of things because there's more to talk about injury-wise with Chicago. They've got five guys that are either that are starters that are either out already, ruled out, or questionable. And one of those guys is Danny Trevathan. So that's Roquan Smith's running mate. So Roquan Smith went on injured reserve. He will not play. Danny Trevathan will not play. He's got an elbow injury. And I will tell you this right now, it's kind of a bittersweet thing for me to see that today because I haven't forgotten what Danny Trevathan did two years ago to Devontae Adams. And I mm -hmm. haven't forgotten earlier this week that there was a fan that was getting ridiculed or kind of pushed around a little bit as a visiting fan in a, in a stadium, and Danny Trevathan kind of laughed and posted a, a tweet that said, you know, come to the yard, get what you get, or something like that. And it, it was very typical of somebody like him who's got a history of pushing the limits and taking things up to the to the limits of uh, – or pushing things to the limit. Um, you know, I'm, I'm only too, too bummed out that Danny Trevathan won't play in this game because I really would have loved for him to be more up close and personal – when his team gets their ass kicked and sent home <laughs> losers back to their, whatever you want to call it, city of Chicago. Paul, your thoughts. <laughs> I definitely think that without him and Roquan, going to open up the middle of the field. And the Bears, the Bears defense, I think, has been overlooked a little bit this year because they haven't been getting the wins that they have and the offense and, the, and their struggles have you know, been in the headlines. But by DVOA, they're still ranked seventh. They give up 17.8 points per game, which is the fourth fewest. And then when it comes to rushing yards allowed per game, they give up around 96, which is the seventh fewest. So this is still a very good Bears defense. And obviously Green Bay is at their best when Aaron Jones is getting the ball and, at, and running well. But that's going to be tough sledding uh, just against this defense. So I'm looking for they might have to rely a little bit more on the passing game and then those quick passes to Jones. But without those linebackers being able, those good coverage linebackers there might be something, an area for them to take advantage of, as well as with Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Yep, I think all that's true. It's 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 probably going to be a close game, lower scoring. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. The weather's supposed to be sunny, but it's a high of 19 degrees, so it's going to be a little chilly at Lambeau Field. Um, you know, I mean, the sun being out kind of, you know, in, in our, in your minds there as a local there, Paul, probably adds a few degrees just, you know, from you being used to it, 19 degrees is like, you know, you could potentially, you know, take a layer off when you're shoveling the driveway or something, right? Cause I mean, it's above zero. Yeah, exactly. This last so, Wednesday, the high was around five or so, oof. but there's just the psychological part of seeing the sun where you're like, well, at least it's sunny out versus it being cloudy and 15 degrees. Although I will tell you, <laughs> while we're talking about Packers-Bears, I don't know if you remember that terrible game at the end of 2007 when they were at Soldier Field, and it was brutally cold and windy, and it was sunny out, but it was awful. And you could tell Brett Favre did not want to be there. John Ryan mm -hmm. had a punt that went sideways. Packers just got run off the field. Favre, you know, Favre threw a pick six. They just got run off the field. It was it was an ugly game, and and so you know, you only expect that to be kind of the NFC North and Bears Packers. It doesn't get any better than that. Mm -hmm. I, for one, will tell you this right now. I do believe in some of the trends and some of the the statistics out there that say you mentioned Aaron Jones, and I guess the Packers are seven and one this season when he touches the ball at least fifteen times. To me, according to what you just said. We should see Aaron Jones touch the ball at least 15 times, I would say. 
Yeah, that's always my hope. I always want him to have 20-plus touches per game if he's in the 14-15 range with carries and then another six to seven targets. Odd enough, when they went they went through that stretch after the Kansas City game, the L.A. game, the Carolina game, the San Francisco game, um, he only had four targets during that three-game stretch, and it was coming off of him being the most productive receiver during that Devontae Adams absence. Um, I think that stat you mentioned can be a little skewed because in their losses, they've gotten away from Aaron Jones. And like against the Niners, they weren't running the ball well, so they moved away from him, which I can understand a little bit. But also he's your playmaker. Uh, he's been what's made this offense tick, and I think he needs to have 15 touches regardless. You know, if the running game's not working, find a way to get it to him in open space and let him do what he does. He, it, You want to take advantage of matchups, but he is a player that week to week, he is this, you know, centered, your offense is centered around for the most part. Well, Chicago may have a game plan where they want to come in and take him away. And that's fine. I understand that. You know, that's fine. You want to key on the best player, and you're literally going to do the Bill Belichick thing where you say, I'm taking this guy away. Everyone else is going to have to beat you. This is another time where Matt LaFleur and the offense are going to have to, you know, man up and get, get, you know, put their big boy pants on, which they're capable of doing. I don't want to sound condescending like I don't think that they will. But they have to have an answer if the Bears defense is going to bottle up Aaron Jones. You got Jamal Williams, you got Devontae Adams, you got Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's all this talk and all this narrative out there about Aaron Rodgers and he's past his prime and is he even good anymore? Is he better than average and all this stuff? Well, yeah, he's good. I, you know, I would still take Aaron Rodgers over any other quarterback in this division right now. And you could, you know, you could make an argument and you could probably convince me that he might still be the best quarterback in the conference, but that's another debate for another day. You know, that. He's got to find a way to make plays. He's got to he's got to be aware of where those those checkdowns are. You got guys in the middle that are backups. I would expect some crossers and some stuff over the middle. Aaron Rodgers has to look in that space. He can't be afraid to throw inside the hashes and take what that defense gives him. You've got to take advantage of those two inside linebackers being out. So that's my big hope. Is listen, if Aaron Jones gets shut down. Take the short stuff, take the easy stuff, because that's how you keep Chicago's defense on the field. In a game like this, the weather being like it is like this, they're going to get tired pretty quickly. So I don't want this to be another week, Paul, where we see the All-22 come out two or three days later, and there's just a ton of missed opportunities that were left on the field. Yeah, I agree, and I'm I'm nervous for this game coming up. I, I think the Bears are going to eliminate the running game for the most part and it's going to fall on this Packers offense and their passing game uh, in order to put up points, which has been inconsistent this season. And when you couple that with the Bears' pass rush, uh, I know the Redskins had a lot of you know eight guys back in coverage last week, so Rodgers necessarily couldn't get rid of the ball. But he's going to have to a lot quicker this week when he's got, you know, Akeem Hicks should be back, and, of course, Khalil Mack, uh, even though Brian Bulaga did a fantastic job against him week one. Uh, there's my Brian Bulaga appreciation for the episode. Um, it's just going to come down to – I think it's going to come down to that passing game, and they need a lot of those quick passes, get the ball out of his hands before the pass rush can get to him. And I think, you know, that's when they're going to have to get Aaron Jones the ball. Yeah. Take the quick pass. Do what you can. I mean, like you said, you've got, they've got those injuries on D. I'd, I'd like to think the Packers can take advantage of it, but we've seen these, this become a tough game before. We saw it was a tough game in Week One. I'd say it's absolutely no guarantee that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be able to 
<clears throat> to pull away from Chicago at any point, and this might be one of those those games where it's just a nail biter all the way throughout. So we might want to gear up for another another close one on Sunday. Three hours of you might want to might want to save clipping your nails until <laughs> until <laughs> after the game, right? So as far as the defense goes, uh, defensive end Roy Robertson Harris is listed as questionable. He is a starter, but he may still play. It's listed as questionable. Like you said, that designation may also be in su- a substitute for the former probable, which no longer exists. And then the rest of Chicago's injuries are all on the offensive side of the ball. So tight end Bren, uh, Ben Broniker and wide receiver Taylor Gabriel both out. Both have concussions. Neither will play. Taylor Gabriel is a name that we have heard before. I have seen him streaking down the field. And uh, I think he was with the Falcons at one point, right? Wasn't he with the Falcons yeah. in, in 2016? He had that deep bomb touchdown against the Packers. That was a close game. So we're very familiar with Taylor Gabriel. I think he should take an extra week to rest up and, and make sure that he's ready to go for the week after. Because the week after, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe that's actually in week 17 when the Bears, I think it's week 17 when the Bears play the Vikings. So we may need we may need Taylor Gabriel to be at full health for the Bears come week 17, right? So uh, right tackle Bobby Massey, ankle injury, will not play. So the Bears are going to be going with a backup right tackle. You obviously like to think that's going to translate into some opportunities for Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith. It is still Mitch Trubisky. And obviously the way to slow him down is to get pressure on him and force him to make some tough throws. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, both still churning and playing well at this point of the season. Paul, your expectations as far as a pass rush go with a backup right tackle in there for the Bears? Um, I'm expecting the Smiths and Kenny Clark to wreak some havoc on Sunday. The Bears' running offense has been one of the worst in the league this year in terms of yards per game. I believe they're averaging uh, under 100 for the season. And so what it's what's happened is they've had to rely on Mitch Trubisky a lot more, whether they like it or not. I mean, over their last three games, he's averaging 37 pass attempts a game against Green Bay in week one. He threw 45 times. So I'm ex- even though the Packers have had their issues with their run defense, this offensive line isn't the best. And so I'm expecting it to come down to, to Trubisky. And then on the passing, the pass blocking side for the Bears offense, they've allowed 50 sacks this year. It's the second most. And they're averaging a rate at over almost 10% of the time they're allowing a sack. So like I said, I'm expecting the Smiths and Kenny Clark to wreak havoc, but it's also going to be important for them to contain Trubisky. The last three weeks when the offense has been playing better, there's been more runs for him and uh, more of him getting out of the pocket. That's when he's most comfortable. He's really good with his legs, and he can really hurt this defense. So they're going to have to contain him. But as we've seen, if he's under duress, chances are at some point or points a bad decision is going to ensue. And then that's when the Packers have to capitalize on that. But yeah. I think they'll take advantage of that pass or that pass blocking. Yeah, they've got to they got to win the turnover battle. That's any game, any any week. That's the automatic obvious thing that a team has to do in order to win a football game. So the Packers have to be opportunistic, like you said. Mitch Trubisky can run. That's one thing you can say about him. You might you know not not 
not love his passing, but he can get out there on the perimeter and run and pick up first downs and do what he does. You know, he, he had some success doing that last week. So once again, the Packers face a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. It's interesting. This is kind of a script flipped. You know, because Aaron Rodgers used to be that guy. The Bears used to have to plan for, okay, can he, is he going to run? Is he going to throw? And, you know, now it's kind of like the Packers have to have to be ready for a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. So, you know, that's that's a huge factor there for certain. But the Packers, hopefully they can collapse the pocket, you know, force some of those tough decisions. You've got an experienced defensive back in Adrian Amos who's very familiar with Mitch Trubisky. He had a big interception to seal the win in week one. That was his first pick as a Green Bay Packer in his former uh, against his former team in his former stadium, Soldier what Field. What a feeling that must have been. <laughs> had to have been incredible. It wasn't. It was an amazing pick. And then, of course, last week, uh, Adrian Amos gets his second interception of the season against Washington. So maybe that was a little precursor to something this week. A little pick six might look might look pretty good. <laughs> you know, a little little icing on the cake to send the old, send the Bears home for good and push the Packers further into this playoff race that they're in the midst of. This dogfight in the NFC. So, now as far as the injuries go, that's pretty much it. Wide receiver for the Bears, Javon Wims, is listed as questionable. He is a backup wide receiver. Uh, going back to Kevin King, sounds like Kevin King's going to play. Allen Robinson happens to be a receiver on the Bears side of things. How key is Kevin King's return as our taller defensive back against A-Rob? Uh, I think it's going to be huge. Allen Robinson, you know, when the Bears offense was struggling, obviously he had that little bit of a lull. Uh, but the last three games, he's got 265 total yards, four touchdowns, catching about 65% of his passes, 14 yards per catch. I mean, he's rolling right now. And uh, My hope is, and they didn't do it week one, but I'm hoping Jair spends most of his time following him around, a little bit of what he did last week on Terry McLaurin. But like I said, they didn't do that week one, but having Kevin King back is going to be huge regardless because not just Allen Robinson, but their number two receiver, Anthony Miller, has been coming on late as well. He's got 313 receiving yards uh, over the last three games. So, And as much fun as we make of Mitch Trubisky, he's been playing pretty good as well. 70% completion, 287 yards per game, nine total touchdowns over the last three as well. So um, granted, take into account the opponents, but... King and Jair are going to be huge in this game, and especially that Jair-Robinson matchup. Whoever can win that, it's going to be huge in going towards determining the outcome. Oh, massive. I mean, Dallin Robinson is their Devontae Adams, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he almost was Green Bay's number two. Can you imagine? I mean, Oof, I thought of that. <laughs> uh, I think it was Jason Hirshhorn a couple of weeks ago tweeted, uh, Allen Robinson doesn't deserve this when the Bears were losing. This was before they started their win streak. And I thought to myself, hey, listen, man, everyone makes their choices. So, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, but apparently it's okay, Paul, because help is on the way after this season. Odell Beckham Jr. apparently is coming to Green Bay, <laughs> according to according to uh, Skip Bayless, who I, I don't know why I'm mentioning his name. Uh, so we have we have nothing to worry about, right? That's yeah, course, obviously yeah. I'm obviously saying that very much in jest, but um, as far as injuries go, you know that's that's pretty much it, and the matchups and all of the the narratives. But as far as the Packers go, you know they now sit in the number two seed in the NFC after Seattle lost to the Rams this past Sunday night, and so you've got your destiny in your own hands, which is where you want to be. Now the Packers wouldn't have, they'd have a really tough, tough time getting into the one seed. That would mean San Francisco would have to lose some games, but they have leapfrogged both the saints 
and the Seahawks, who are two teams that you obviously do not want to play on the road. Every game is huge, so asking if this is a big game is kind of dumb. But as far as these next three weeks, setting the tone, setting it up for Minnesota, you know, this is the first game on the schedule, and this is kind of the way it, it is. The Packers have two, three games in the division to end the season, two of which are, are going to be on the road. So this is their last home game of the season. Um, you know, if they slip up here, Paul, then you kind of put yourself into a situation where you might need a little bit of help. You start relying on, you know, the, the Vikings play the Chargers this week. They've got the Bears one more time, you know, things like that. How confident are you right now? The Packers in that two seed, how confident are you they end the season there? Oh, good question. Um, I'll go 60-40. The game in Minnesota next week has me concerned, and that's why this week's game is so massive. Obviously, we want to go to Minnesota and win. Every division game is a must win. Every game against the Vikings is a must win. But if they take care of the Bears on Sunday and they lose to Minnesota, they just have to beat Detroit and the division still theirs. They're separated by a game. The Packers are 10-3. and Minnesota's 9-4, and but the key is the Packers are 3-0 and in the division. Minnesota's 2-2. Two and two. Packers win on Sunday. They're 4-0. Even if they lose to Minnesota, they're 4-1, and one, and they can beat Detroit. Um, assuming they go into Detroit and win, that puts them at 5-1. and one. So even if they finish with the same record, they still get the division at the minimum, regardless of what happens with the bye, and at least have that first home playoff game. So tomorrow's game is huge in terms of alleviating, you know, not to lessen the game or the importance, but to alleviate that a little bit. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I think all three of these are – you have to treat all three of these games like they're playoff games. And even that Week 17 game against Detroit, I don't expect Matt Stafford to come back. I think Detroit's going to fold it up. Yep. You know, So you'd like to think the Packers can be in the same situation Detroit was in last year in Week 17 where Green Bay wasn't trying. They weren't trying to put up a fight at all. And it was like, look, just we want to end the season and just get yeah. out of here. <laughs> and it was a, it was a mess, and it, it was just kind of what you expected – uh, at that point of the season, but now the script is flipped, and the Packers should go out and take care of business there. So yeah, these next two games are really, really important. One thing I can say, again, going back to the trends and some of those things that may not matter to some, I think the Packers are was it four and one this season in noon games. Am I getting that correct? I don't have that one. Or are on they unbeaten? Head. They're 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 playing very well in noon games, and and so I was hoping that this one would not get flexed in any way, shape, or form because these are two competitive teams. But the schedule is set. The game will be played at twelve noon Lambeau time, so that bodes well for the Packers. Again, it's a home game, even though the weather's going to be a little bit chilly. You got to take care of business at home. The only thing I'll say is I love watching the the little snippets from practice. This team. Always seems like they're loose. Obviously, it's usually Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones who are both apparently in a dance-off every time there's practice. But you love to see that loose atmosphere, and this is a team that's going into these last couple games with confidence. I think that intangible is important, and I do think there is something to be said for a team that really truly believes, hey, everything's in front of us. We can win this thing this year if we just keep rolling. Yeah, 100%. They're they're loose, and they're having fun, and they're winning games. They sh- you know, especially for the guys that have been in the locker room the last few years, I hope they're enjoying every minute of this, and I hope the fans are too because, as we've seen, even with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, nothing's guaranteed. But, you know, that loose atmosphere, and I think, you know, like you said, the Jones and Williams dancing, and then the Smiths sparked a lot of that as well. 
um, you know, the joint interviews, team dinners, just the touch, the interception and sack celebrations. It's just a, it's just a much more fun team to watch. And I just think they're enjoying their time, you know, at work from Monday to Saturday, a lot more than what they have been. No, for sure. No, they definitely are. And you suggesting that fans just enjoy this ride is, is very controversial because this week, as we saw, <laughs> there were a lot of opinions floating around on Twitter with regards to how much fans should enjoy this and is it okay to complain about how they're winning if it's ugly and all this kind of stuff. Uh, what's the Packers' identity? Are they set up for success in the playoffs? I put a piece up at Cheesehead TV earlier this week talking about stop looking for the Packers' identity Mm-hmm. You know, it just it their identity is this. It's it changes week to week, and I think there's an advantage in that in how teams prepare against them because teams have to guess. They can't just copy paste the game plan from one time to the next. They you know the Bears can't take the week one game plan and just insert it into this week and expect that to work. It's going to change. It's going to be different based on the players that are out there, the guys that have emerged and started becoming more important in the offense and you know the way that they won week one isn't how they've been winning lately so I think it's a huge advantage I I I personally like the way that things are going until obviously you know there's some unceremonious bouncing from the playoffs because (laughs) you know a team that's just better than them that day comes ready to play and and then of course we're all sitting here questioning it and wondering why they they didn't have an identity but for now I would have to say I'm firmly planted on the enjoying it because these last two seasons prior, definitely not not a whole lot to enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. And to the identity thing, I mean, that's what the Patriots have done for 20 years now. Bill Belichick changes their what they do week to week based on their opponent. Um, then it all just comes down to execution. That it does. So the only thing left to do is obviously win this game on Sunday. So... We have to wish all of our listeners Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays because the next time we are together, the Packers will be gearing up to finish their season against the Detroit Lions. Yep. So it'll be it'll be a little bit before you and I are back together. So I know you and I will talk, but I will for for the sake of the show wish you and your beautiful wife a Merry Christmas. Thank you as well. And uh, hope everyone enjoys the game again Sunday. I think it's it's going to be on national TV in most markets, so everyone will get a chance to enjoy this one. But it's a 10-3 Packers team that has a chance to continue to roll, hang out to that number two seed. As I usually like to say as we end the show, Paul, there's only one thing left to do, and that is go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.